What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of director Christopher Nolan and the movie Black Widow. First, let's talk about the career of Christopher Nolan. He is absolutely one of my favorite directors, and the movie that made Nolan a big name was Memento, starring Guy Pearce, Carrie Ann Moss, and Joe Pantoliano. Nolan was Oscar-nominated for Best Original Screenplay, and the movie had some of the key elements that Nolan is best known for. Mainly, the film deals with time and memory, which is an important element in almost all of his films. And I think if you are a fan of the later Christopher Nolan films, you have to go back and watch Memento. It is a pure masterpiece. The next film he made was Insomnia, which was the first film he made with major movie stars. It stars Oscar winners Al Pacino, Robin Williams, and Hilary Swank, and was a box office hit, making over a hundred million million dollars. Nolan then became the director of his own Batman trilogy known as the Dark Knight trilogy and it's what Christopher Nolan is best known for but people forget that Batman as a franchise was not in a good place. The previous Batman and Robin starring George Clooney is one of the worst superhero films ever and Nolan's Batman Begins came out eight years later and the trilogy is best known for being gritty with breathtaking action action sequences, what I think made it successful was the brilliant casting decisions. Christian Bale as Batman, Heath Ledger as Joker, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, Killian Murphy as Scarecrow, Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul, Tom Hardy as Bane, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, and Michael Caine as Alfred. It was really the first time a superhero movie had an all-star cast. In the past, usually the only actors who were well-known were the heroes and the villains were great actors, but this trilogy had Morgan Freeman, Marion Cotillard, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in supporting roles. And in between the Batman movies, Nolan made The Prestige with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, and Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio, Elliot Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, and Killian Murphy. This was the movie that made me fall in love with Nolan as a filmmaker. It has two of my favorite performances ever given by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hardy. It is still a crime that neither was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Performances. Inception, for me, is Nolan's most fun movie and his most visually stunning. Since ending the Batman trilogy, Nolan has directed Interstellar starring Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, Mackenzie Foy, who is the breakout star of the movie, and Anne Hathaway, Dunkirk starring Finn Whitehead, Harry Styles, Mark Rylance, and Tom Hardy, and Tenet starring John David Washington, Elizabeth Debicki, Robert Pattinson, and Kenneth Branagh. Interstellar and Tenet are polarizing, but Dunkirk is a beloved film that got Nolan his first Best Director Oscar nomination. It's the movie that best shows that Nolan is the star of his own movies. Dunkirk made over $500 million despite the fact that it lacks any A-list movie stars other than Tom Hardy, and he isn't even the lead. I love Tom Hardy's performance in that movie, and I also love Harry Styles in that movie. The biggest criticism towards Nolan as a director has been that his films don't make any sense or are hard to follow, especially Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet. And while I understand the critique, I think his 
these movies are complicated for a purpose. I like all three of those movies a lot, and no, I don't understand them fully, but they are entertaining and thought-provoking. And, like a lot of directors, Nolan likes to work with a lot of the same actors more than once. Actors he's worked with the most are Michael Caine, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, Christian Bale, Marion Cotillard, Anne Hathaway, Kent Watanabe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Kenneth Branagh. I love seeing those faces in Nolan's movies, especially Kane, Murphy, and Hardy. I mean, those are the guys. He really hasn't worked with Christian Bale since the Dark Knight trilogy. I would love for Christian Bale to show up in another Nolan film. I would also love for him to work with some of those actors he's only worked with once. Like, I'd love to see Al Pacino in another Nolan movie. I'd love to see him work with DiCaprio again. I love DiCaprio in Inception. It's not the best Leo performance, but it's a movie star performance, and I absolutely loved Matthew McConaughey and Jessica Chastain in Interstellar. And I would absolutely love for him to work with Guy Pearce again. I mean, they haven't made a film together since Memento. I think it's Guy Pearce's best performance. And he just made Tenet with John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Elizabeth Debicki. I'd love for those three people to remain constant collaborators with Christopher Nolan. I think he got a delightfully fun Robert Pattinson performance. And I love John David Washington in that movie, and I thought Elizabeth Debicki was the star of the film. And another guy I'd love for Christopher Nolan to work with again is Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman gives one of his best career performances in The Prestige. Nolan is also one of the best directors not to win a Best Director Oscar. He's only been nominated once for Dunkirk. His other Oscar nominations are for Screenplay, for Memento, and Inception. And I do think that's an underrated aspect of Nolan. He is writing his own films and they become massive blockbusters. Other great filmmakers without Best Directors Oscars include Quentin Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, Stanley Kubrick, and Alfred Hitchcock. I think Christopher Nolan will soon win a Best Director Oscar. And it could very well be for his next movie. Nolan's next film is going to be Oppenheimer, starring Killian Murphy as the inventor of the atomic bomb. A couple of things to note on this one. This will be the first time Murphy is the lead of a Nolan film, and I love his work with Nolan. Also, this will be the first since Memento that Nolan will be making a film for someone other than Warner Brothers. Oppenheimer will be made at Universal. Nolan and Warner seemingly ended their relationship due to bad blood as the studio wasn't happy with how Tenet was released during the pandemic and Nolan criticized HBO Max. I mean, I hope this movie turns into a major Oscar play for Killian Murphy. I think he's one of the most underrated actors of his generation. I love his Scarecrow in Batman Begins. I loved him in Inception. I loved him in Dunkirk. I love him in 28 Days Later. And I love him in Peaky Blinders. And he was great in A Quiet Place Part 2. Get this man an Oscar and I think Christopher Nolan is on his way to doing that. My favorite Christopher Nolan film is The Dark Knight. The late great Heath Ledger gives an all-time great performance as the Joker and it's Bale's best turn as Batman from beginning beginning to end, you can't tell where the movie is going to go, and nowadays it feels like all comic book films feel the same. Christopher Nolan was doing something completely different in that film. That opening bank robbery sequence is one of the best openings in a movie all time. And no one talks about him when they talk about The Dark Knight, but Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon in this movie is unbelievable. He's oh 
okay in Batman Begins and he's okay in The Dark Knight Rises, but he is incredible as the commissioner in The Dark Knight. It's one of his best performances. I also love the fact that the only actor who's won an Oscar in a Christopher Nolan film is Heath Ledger for The Joker. It's one of the best performances of all time and it will never be beat. I've never seen a performance like it since and probably never will. The most underrated Nolan film is Insomnia. Al Pacino gives one of his better late stage performances. Hilary Swank is fantastic and Robin Williams steals the movie as the villain. I think it's Williams' most underrated performance. The movie is the most simple Nolan film plot wise. It's straightforward but the performances are great and it's the movie that proved he could work with A-list actors. It's the movie that got him Batman. I mean Williams is basically playing a Batman type villain in the movie. He's as unpredictable as Ledger's Joker and Pacino is a complicated hero in the same way that Nolan's Bruce Wayne is. Nolan for me is simply the best filmmaker working today. He has an incredible imagination. I like big complex films that star movie stars and those are the type of films that Nolan makes. He gets great performances and he's unpredictable and his films are thrilling. From the car chase in Dark Knight to the plane crash in Tenet, no one is like Christopher Nolan. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie Black Widow. Here's a quick synopsis. After the events of Captain America Civil War, Natasha is a fugitive on her own until she is confronted by her past. I didn't know what to make of this movie going into it, but I really enjoyed it. And this is far and away Scarlett Johansson's best performance as Black Widow. She is great in the movies that aren't about people with superpowers like Captain America Winter Soldier. I thought this was a great send-off for her as the character. And I think Marvel has done a really good job recently of making their secondary characters feel more important. Whether it's in those TV shows like WandaVision or in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. These secondary characters you really didn't care for, you're beginning to care about them and actually care about their storylines. Johansson's next roles will be in the new Wes Anderson film with Tilda Swinton, Tom Hanks, Bill Murray, her Lost in Translation co-star, and Margot Robbie. And a remake of Little Shop of Horrors with Chris Evans, Taron Egerton, and Billy Porter. The other major movie star in this film is Florence Pugh, who has already given great performances in Lady Macbeth, Fighting with My Family, Midsommar, and Little Women, for which she was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Oscar. She's only 25 years old, and now she's in a Marvel film, and that's both a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because she's fantastic in the film, she's great in the action scenes, and being the comedic relief. It's bad because it means she will be playing this character for the foreseeable future. And it might keep her from starring in the smaller films that made her a star in the first place. It did so with Jeremy Renner. I mean, we saw Jeremy Renner in films like The Hurt Locker in the Town, and then he got in those bigger films like the Mission Impossible films, the Avenger films. I really hope she can do big budget Marvel films and do the smaller films. I think her co-star Johansson was able to do all kind of films while working with Marvel. Pew's next projects includes the movies The Wonder with Syrian Hines, Toby Jones, and Tom Burke. Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles and Chris Pine. This film is directed by Olivia Wilde who's coming off of her terrific directorial debut Booksmart and Pew will be seen in the Disney Plus series Hawkeye with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. The two other big names in this film are David Harbour and Rachel 
Rachel Weisz. David Harbour is really going for it in this movie with an insane accent and it is a fun performance and it works at times but in others it's completely ridiculous. All in all he's had a good year in film. He's had supporting roles in this film and in Steven Soderbergh's No Sudden Move and next year he will be seen on the fourth season of Stranger Things as Hopper. Rachel Weisz is fine in this movie but is not given a whole lot to do. She's in a movie with a lot of fun performances and it's kind of sad she doesn't get to give one. This is what I kind of find annoying about Marvel is they use movie stars for their star power and then they give them bad roles. They did the same thing with Jude Law and Captain Marvel. Vice is someone who has given great performances in About a Boy, The Lobster, and The Favorite and I think in this film she deserved better. Vice's next movie is Love Child which will see her re-team with, with Colin Farrell who she previously worked with on The Lobster. One thing I liked about this film that I usually don't care for in most Marvel films is the villain who is played by Ray Winstone from The Proposition and The Departed. I thought he was a fun bad guy who fit the tone of the movie. They gave him just enough background to where it worked. What's great about Black Widow is it's the closest that Marvel can get to a Mission Impossible or a Bond film. The action is incredible. There's no CGI alien monster to fight. Just grounded hand-to-hand combat. The sad part about this movie is that all the talk around it has been on Scarlett Johansson suing Disney over a contract breach and not about the movie. The issue has been resolved and Johansson will reportedly work with Disney again on Tower of Terror. Now when you think about Black Widow, that lawsuit is the first thing that will come to mind. Now there have been over 20 Marvel films now. That's a lot of films and I think this movie is a middle tier Marvel. It's ahead of movies like Captain Marvel and Iron Man 3 but behind movies like Doctor Strange and Black Panther. All in all, it's a solo Black Widow movie that was worth the wait. I mean, we were talking about this movie happening for so long. When is Scarlett Johansson going to get her movie? She finally got her movie and she delivered. Getting back to my point about we finally getting to care about these secondary Marvel characters, you know why that's happening? Because they have incredible actors playing those secondary characters. When you have Scarlett Johansson playing a supporting character, yeah, when you give her the lead role in a movie, she's going to deliver. Anthony Mackie is an incredible actor, so when you give him his own TV show, he's going to deliver. Elizabeth Olsen is a great actress, so when you give her the lead role, she's going to deliver. Before, they were giving the secondary characters not an important role, and now that they are, and they have the high caliber actors playing them, you're finally getting these great performances from these very good actors. And the other thing is, we're not precious about these characters. You can change WandaVision's storyline all you want. I don't care if she has an accent or she doesn't have an accent. Elizabeth Olsen is a star, so you're going to care about her. The same with Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. I don't care that she's an agent. I don't care about the accent. I just care that she is a movie star and she is a good enough actress to make this movie work. In honor of Black Widow, here are my five favorite female-led action movies. Number one, Mad Max Fury Road. Charlize Theron is incredible in this film. Her character was so surprising. It's the best performance of her career and in my opinion the best action movie of all time. We all went into this thinking Tom Hardy was going to be the major star of the film and then Charlize Theron ended up being it. I'm so excited that Anya Taylor-Joy is going to play Furiosa in a prequel film. To see someone else try to play this iconic character, it's super exciting. Number two is Wonder Woman. So far this is still the best film DC has 
made. Gal Gadot is incredible in the film as the character. It's a special movie, and even though I despise Wonder Woman 1984 with my entire being, I still love the original Wonder Woman. I love Gal Gadot in the movie. I love Chris Pine in the movie. I really hope that that franchise gets back on track. Number three is Hannah, which might be a surprise, but Saoirse Ronan is great in this film. It's the most unique role she's played. Kate Blanchett is great as the villain. This film has become underrated. It's one of Joe Wright's very best films. Not enough people have seen Hannah. It's a great film. Number four, The Hunger Games with Jennifer Lawrence. These movies were massive and Lawrence was terrific as Katniss Everdeen. There hasn't been a franchise like this since and the more further we get away from The Hunger Games, how impressive it was that Jennifer Lawrence was part of two massive franchises at the same time. I loved her in X-Men Days of Future Past and I absolutely love her as Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games. She was a massive, massive movie star and I'm so excited for this year to be a comeback of sorts. She's going to be in the Adam McKay star-studded film Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio. Sign me up for that movie immediately. Rewatch those films, The Hunger Games. She's terrific in them. And number five is Star Wars Force Awakens with Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley is incredible. I was blown away by that film and her performance in it, which right now feels super underrated. Rey is one of the best Star Wars characters of all time. I remember being so hyped for that sequel trilogy and then to see that movie, Daisy Ridley. I think it's a better female character than Leia. There, I said it. I know a lot of people have soured on this character because in the last film, she became Rey Skywalker and that was super cheesy. I don't love the final two movies of the trilogy, but I absolutely love The Force Awakens and that final lightsaber battle between her and Kylo Ren in the snow is a top five Star Wars lightsaber battle. So there you have it. One more time, my five favorite female action-led movies. Number one, Mad Max Fury Road. Number two, Wonder Woman. Number three, Hannah. Number four, The Hunger Games. And number five, Star Wars Force Awakens. And I think Black Widow is up there with those movies. I was really surprised by this movie. Listen, I knew it was a prequel to what happened in Endgame. Obviously, we knew that Scarlett Johansson's character had died. I didn't know if I was going to care about this story. I ended up liking this movie way more than I thought I would. And I am one of these people that have serious doubts about this phase of the Marvel movies. I went through that 10-year period of watching all these movies, waiting for Avengers Endgame to happen, and then it finally happened, and I'm just like, kind of like, where am I going to go from here? And I like this movie. I'm excited to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Tang Rings. I want to see The Eternals. I want to see Spider-Man No Way Home. I want to see the next Thor film. I want to see the third Guardians of the Galaxy film. I want to see so much of Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, but there is a small part of me that wonders what is the point of these Marvel movies. I get it, the story is never going to end, but at some point, is this historic franchise ever going to hit a bump? Are they ever going to make a movie that we all think of as really bad? I just wonder, and if they're all just going to make the same type of movies, I want to see as many different Marvel movies as possible, and one of the things I loved about Black Widow is it felt like a very different movie, so if this is the direction where the Marvel movies are headed, I'm happy about it. I can't wait for the second Doctor Strange movie. That is my most hyped about Marvel film. I'm excited. If they're going to make different kind of movies than the ones that they're known for, then sign me up for that.
that. But if it's going to be the same formulaic, we're going to team up and we're going to be the alien bad guy, I'm not that excited about it. But like I said, if they're going to make movies like Black Widow, sign me up. I definitely recommend you check out Black Widow. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this week I put the spotlight on the career of director Christopher Nolan and the movie Black Widow. Next week it's a big one as I'm putting the spotlight on the movies The Last Duel starring Jodie Comer, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Ben Affleck directed by Sir Ridley Scott and Dune starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, and Javier Bardem directed by Denis Villeneuve. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.